When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, I'm Glenn Savile, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Always Race Day podcast. This is like 156, 157. I don't, I've lost count of the numbers at this point. Usually I have an assistant. I'll get to that in a second. First, I want to thank the fine people at the Carlotto Group for being our presenting sponsors uh, of the podcast and of the website um, and helping us uh, have the ability to do what we do. Um, all year, all year long. I uh, got some uh, great questions for this episode. A lot of stuff to cover uh, from the weekend, and, and one of the questions surrounds that it's always race day, and we we find stuff to talk about uh, no matter what day of the year it is. And uh, the Carl Auto Group helps us out a ton with that. So appreciate them. Uh, if you ever are looking for a car, if you think you need a car, if your friend needs a car, send them the Carl Auto Group. They will help you out. They will do it as cleanly, as swiftly, and as nicely uh, as humanly possible. That's what we like to say uh, right here on this show. Um, And by the way, another solo edition of the show tonight. I need to address some things. I've been told that I've been getting a big head uh, since my buddy Dylan uh, put me on TV last week talking about the uh, cup race um, that's gonna happen, gonna go down at Iowa Speedway next year. I've been accused of, of getting an ego. And I got to say, you know, big accusations, you know, when you're on TV, you get a lot more attention. Uh, You know, I've been bragging to everybody about it all week and uh, definitely coming off as an arrogant fool. So I had to do uh, some good PR on the other side and I gave all my employees the week off. So give a clap up to them. Big claps for everybody. Now, uh, Damon and Josh uh, weren't available tonight. Uh, the trio uh, from Cedar Rapids is up in Wisconsin uh, at Oktoberfest. So I think it's Oktoberfest. I could be getting my races messed up. I, I'm sure they will uh, rail me for, for getting the name of that one. So they're up in Wisconsin, a big, uh, big asphalt late model race. Um, and they will be back uh, hopefully midweek this week. Uh, I want to basically i i just wanted to make sure uh we get podcasts out there and uh do this stuff and i'm not too comfortable doing the uh the solo deal uh but it's another solo podcast and we'll we'll see how it goes i i just like giving content to people uh the vikings didn't rip my heart my uh heart out too hard today and uh i was in the mood to talk a little bit so i hope you guys uh enjoy what i've got cooking up here and some of it we will have like a full playoff preview for nascar we'll do it for the uh, dirt track world championship uh high limit on tuesday i'm going to talk about that in the dirt portion of the show this is also i know we shifted the shows into two different shows i'm putting this all in the same one all of the questions are dirt uh focused right now as of it's 8 50 uh when i'm recording this um but yeah i'm just gonna put it all together uh for this one make it a little easier on myself too and uh yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoy and you guys let us know uh, what you like and don't like. And this one's going to be all about me. So 
Uh, AJ Allmendinger gets the win in the cup race. I love AJ. I'm a huge fan uh, of that guy. He is a fantastic road course racer uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series. Obviously, he hasn't gotten a win this year. And I'll come back to that point in a bit. Um, but his celebration today, you could tell just when you get a guy that, you know, tears drive views, right? It's the same, you know, hyper emotion one way or the other is going to be looked at as a positive thing. That is why I say NASCAR should be promoting uh, when two guys get into a fight on pit road. They should not be fined um, for getting punched in that fight. You want to find the guy that started it. It clearly like it was one side that started fine, then fine, whatever. Um, I will also say there might be another, I don't, I don't know if I'll go after NASCAR officiating. I know for sure I won't go after IndyCar officiating today on this show because they didn't race this weekend. There's no officiating in racing that comes close to NFL and stick and ball sports referees. I think we are very, very lucky to never have races where it's like, oh, the officials completely changed that one. That's on them. The only time I usually have, I've seen it a couple times, I suppose, in NASCAR on small call, you know, I'm going to bring up the Brett Moffat thing. You see it in Formula One all the time. It just happens. They love giving out penalties there and it changes the aspect of races and then Oh, hey, he's leading the points. He's going to win this race. So we don't want to screw that up. So uh, we're going to ref him a little differently. It's uh, cheap stuff. That's why I don't watch it too much. So um, back to NASCAR, though. You know, AJ and his emotions um, after that race and, and going into the crowd, I thought that was really cool. You know, it's, it's Charlotte. It's the Roval. So it's not this quote-unquote traditionalistic Indy 500-style event. You know, this is just the second round cutoff race uh for the playoffs and i tweeted today that uh the roval should get a lifetime contract to be in this slot and you could see the joy in aj's face i think that's an aj thing that's he's he talks about how uh you win a cup race you don't know if you're going to win another cup race because it's that tough to win i think that's fantastic for the sport we need I, I hate even saying we need more of that it's a cliche statement because you want more of that you don't necessarily need more of that to survive the season nascar is in a pretty good spot right now all things considered um especially considering the car and i'll get to that too um but you want you know you want guys like that to uh be able to show the casual fan like look at what this meant to him like i i can send that to my friends and be like yeah this is the series coming to iowa in june so I thought that aspect was uh, really cool with his um, his stuff. I hated that they went to commercial uh, while he was going through the crowd. Stick a camera over there, follow him wherever he goes, st stay there until he comes out of the stands. Like I, I feel like that's an easy easy call um, on that one. But I'm not the one balancing um, the commercials and anything here. I'm getting the hiccups a bit. Let me take a drink real quick. I don't think I'm as, as swift as Josh Pate is on his show with that, but I won't call it a chalice. I know that it's, it's just a cup. I'm a Dallas Stars fan. We got we got cups here. So, all right. Um, I'm trying to think of where I want to go next. Um, let's let's do the Roval. Let's let's attack the Roval. Um, I saw 
some statements, some tweets last week from Rays fans concerning the 2024 NASCAR schedule. Claiming it wasn't wild enough, it wasn't exciting enough, it wasn't what was promised, it wasn't the, you know, ultra wild card, this is a crazy schedule you released, you know, 2024 is going to rock, that's what everyone said two years ago. And I get it, there was hype around it, this was also the 24th version of a schedule, so you can't say that NASCAR didn't try, I think that's evident enough right there that they tried their damnedest to get some more unique races on the schedule. But holy cow, we have a unique racetrack right here at the Roval. And there's still a large contingent. It delivers an on-track product every year, even when the race is chaotic and a ton of crap happens and you're like, God, make this thing finish today. It just, you don't get that same feeling as if that, like if that was a caution race, caution filled race at Kansas, it would have sucked if it was a caution filled race at uh, I don't want to go another mile and a half, but Vegas Pocono, like that truck series race from two years back. I'm, I'm pulling out a bunch of crap from my head, right? Um, it, it would not be viewed in the same way. And I'm, I'm wholeheartedly acknowledging that, that if it was chaotic, ton of crashes late, it's usually not something you want to see as a fan, as, as a person that just wants to see a good finish, a good race overall, um, and get it done in a timely manner. And yeah, the cautions of the Roval are a little longer. Um, that's kind of the case at any road course. I think they're kind of short comparatively to uh, the other five or six uh, that NASCAR has gone to in the last couple of seasons. But you go back to this and, you know, one caution comes out and it's, single car incident okay well now kyle bush is up there again you know he's going to start third he has to get to first he has to get around these two guys and a restart is the perfect thing for him right and it's like no it didn't get there and then the next one you know bubba wallace uh gets spun by austin Cindric, who got spun originally and i should say collected by austin Cindric. sorry that's on me uh daniel suarez drove down into the uh, chicane there, uh, like it was uh, Tokyo Drift, or I don't, I don't even know what to compare it to. It was, very, it was so early in trying to outbreak his competitors that it, it was just this is so obviously that was not going to work whatsoever. Um, and Suarez takes out Cendric and it takes out Bubba Wallace. I do agree with Matt uh, Weaver's take. If you saw that on Twitter, that Wallace came all the way around the track after spinning, losing five, six, seven spots, whatever it was. Um, and they made him stop on the front stretch again because he didn't do a complete stop for getting spun because he was involved in a wreck and missed the chicane, right? You, you go through the chicane, you're supposed to come to a complete stop. You got wrecked. Like, I, you, what? You, so Suarez doesn't have to come to a complete stop because he wrecked? I mean, if you're allowed to just full send it in the chicane, I mean, put me in a car. Let's see what happens, you know? Um, no, I'm half joking, obviously, on that. But it's it just doesn't, you know, you shouldn't have to stop for skipping a chicane when you're wrecked there. I can see that, like, coming in when if you got forced that way and you could argue, like, oh, I got bumped. I wasn't making it. There was no chance I was making the corner. Different deal. That was a complete spin. That's just weird. Uh, and yeah, he even, you know, go get new tires and we'll sit in the back 
And when the next caution comes out, because there's a lot that happened here, none in the last 10 laps today, by the way, those all went green. Um, but he got back, uh, I think Bubba ended up finishing 16th after going down to as deep as either 31st or 34th. I can't remember which one of those two it was. Uh, but he, yeah, fought back up to 16th, so that's cool. Um, and the whole time, you know, every caution that came, it, is Kyle going to take this one? He came on a, off a restart on that corner up by the start-finish line, and he was drifting up the racetrack. It was so, like he was driving the crap out of that car, trying to get into that first-place first, first place spot. Um, couldn't do it. And then there's a few laps where you, I mean, you could tell his car was outmatched, but he was trying his darndest to get um, at least into a position where if uh, A.J. Allmendinger and William Byron were fighting too hard, then he could take advantage. But nonetheless, Allmendinger holds him off for the win, um, comes back for his first road course victory of the year. That's another thing about the Rebel. We've seen guys be really good at road courses in NASCAR, and since the next gen's been here, it has kind of been turned on its head as far as the power rankings for that goes. Uh, I have too much on this list to talk about. I wanted to power rank my play guys or my super speedway guys. I'm so out of left field today. I wanted to power rank my road course guys because we, we've been talking about the super speedway ones. Um, maybe next year we'll plan like, hey, last type of this track, let's rate all the drivers by how they do it. Um, I want to do that. I might put out a blog. I'll let you guys know. Uh, but my, my point on the Roval and Dinger winning, Dinger hasn't won at a road course this year. It's not like he's been obviously better than anyone in a next-gen car at road courses. I don't I think he might have... I think he might have won one last year. I don't know for sure. Um, not, it doesn't change my point. Uh, so you had a, a new road course winner. So you had a new winner at this track, guy who wasn't in the playoffs. So you sure call it a wild card, I guess. Uh, but you know he's a good road course racer. He deserves it. There was no luck involved into it. There was a great race at the end. Uh, William Byron, again, impressive. He just stays impressive. Um, to like absolutely blazing amounts of speed and results this year. He is killing it. Um, if I had to pick anyone at Phoenix, I, like y'all know how much I respect Kyle Larson. Think that think that he'll have a good shot. It's going to be tough to beat that twenty four car. We, at least, he, at least William Byron did not win that race because that's the ugliest paint scheme I've ever seen out of a Hendrick Motorsports car. It is terrible. It was, it's god awful. Well, god awful on the render. It looked worse on the racetrack. Just as bad. I don't know. Measure it right. Um, real quick uh, on the next gen car. My goodness, uh, we have got to do something about these fires because that Ricky Stenhouse thing was inherent bullshit. Uh, that that's what that car looked like after that. It was gnarly. Um, it's on our Twitter. It's on my Twitter. Uh, go check that out. Uh, if you want to see photos of it, just not like, you know, we're, we're teasing things right now. Um, and there needs to be substantial development uh, to the next gen car um, when it comes to fire safety. Uh, and I hope they make those adjustments over the off season. I hope they are very open 
um, communications wise with it uh, as far as NASCAR goes. I think they will. They, they usually uh, have been pretty good with that type of stuff this year and usually in you know, one way or another, Bozy's probably going to have a thread about what they're doing to help it, and we'll see. Uh, that was just bad. It was a bad look. It's an ugly look. It it makes these cars look cheap. It makes these makes the series look worse. Um, I'm not sure why F1 doesn't get the same treatment um, from people saying, "Oh, like screw screw NASCAR. They're endangering our, our dirt drivers like that." Okay, I'll bring. I got an F1 rant for the middle of the show. We'll listen to that and tweet about them because man the dirt versus nascar war is one of the most ridiculous uh things about our sport but topic for a different day i think um a couple of people i want to talk about from after that race tyler reddick and i say this all the time go get your stage points there's no reason you should be petting you need points you need to make the playoffs chase elliott go get your stage points Alan Gustafson, keep your driver out there. Go find a way to get nine, eight, seven, six, five, four extra points, all the way down to one if you can't get 10 and you can't get a playoff bonus point on top of it. Go get your stage points. Tyler Reddick advanced to the next round of the playoffs today by the same amount of points he earned through the first two stages of the race. Without those, it's a tie. So they're important. Everyone knows they're important, okay? Um, some crew chiefs plan to chase them, some don't. Um, it's very odd to me. If I don't have a win, if I'm not clinching the next round yet, my you know, I would want to go get those stage points to go try to get a leg up on people. And if I have a win and it's not the third round of the playoffs yet, because extra points don't matter for you after this week. It's like a stage when next Sunday isn't going to pay you anything because you're going to take the three winners. Um, it would pay you the 10 stage points, actually. So what I'm trying to say is you're not chasing a playoff point. So if you're clinched into like say Phoenix after Vegas, whoever's clinched in has no motivation to go chase a stage win, but that's the only two to three, yeah, two, I guess that technically it'd be the only two races uh, where that would come into play is uh, the two after Vegas between, so be what, uh, is, it Homes is it Homestead this year? Is it Vegas Homestead? Martinsville, Phoenix, it's something like that. I might be wrong on Homestead. No, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Homestead. We haven't gotten to Homestead. Someone, I'm either very wrong or completely correct and I'm second guessing myself, so I'll move on. But all I'm saying, stage points matter. Uh, Chris Busher, I tweeted this out, the graphic of going to the round of eight. I, he had zero wins through 21 races this year. Picked up three of the next five. A crazy, crazy season uh, for Chris Buescher, and he ends up clinching himself into the round of eight with the help. You know, you got some help from playoff points. You got some help from stage points. What a season it's been for that kid. I remember when him and James, uh, his brother, I don't think they're twins. Um, take another drink here. Hold on. Let me think about this. No, I'm 99% sure 
uh, that James and Chris are not twin brothers, uh, but they both came up in NASCAR, which was kind of similar to uh, Austin Dillon and Ty Dillon. Um, and those two, the Dillons, uh, kind of came up a little bit before them. Um, and Chris is is kind of been just sitting in that uh, 17 car for a while now. And I, I remember when Keslowski uh, bought into RFK. Um, There's people asking if that guy was going to stay there. And that was, the, I think that was the first thing Brad did. He said, yeah, absolutely. He's staying here. That's, you know, that's the guy I want, which is, you know, compare him to whatever free agent you go get. It might be more money. So, you know, you don't know if that was a call my shot, Brad Keselowski, or if that was a money saving thing early in a process of building a, a race team from the ground up, not necessarily ground up, revitalizing a former power um, in the NASCAR cup series, but regardless it pays off in the last five races the regular season now you're racing you're one of eight guys you just gotta perform for four races well, that five race stretch a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago uh looks uh looks doable again so i don't know uh different types of tracks right that uh, Chris Busher than those that Chris Busher is usually good on, but we've seen him run third place, fourth place this year. We've seen him have a, a number of top fives. Um, I wonder what they're going to uh, throw throw at these racetracks uh, in the coming weeks here um, to see what what they can do. All right, um, last point here on NASCAR. A uh, lot of you know, a lot of hate on your playoff system. I, I hope we can stop doing this at some point because we got to keep sitting here and proving people wrong on our show. Uh, we do it a lot with the playoff format. And you know what? It is what it is. I don't care what you say. I don't care how many people, how many journalists you, I saw people tweeting the same tweet to Matt Weaver, then Bob Pockers, then Jeff Clucks, and all the playoff format sucks. If they use this format, it'd be better. If they use this format, it'd be tied going into the final race and it's like yeah yeah hindsight 2020 you can choose any of the seven formats nascar's had and see what the situation was going into the last round and then pretend to argue about it because nascar's doesn't uh feature a 36 race season as a points championship i guess i don't know it's not the fairest the march march madness is a completely unfair way to crown a champion you will never see anyone complain about their format you won't it kicks ass that's what nascar is trying to do here um you know there's different things we can compare and different things we can like and dislike uh but i just wanted to read martin truex jr's playoff finishes and how he got to the round of eight and i, I want you guys to think about a common theme of this episode at darlington he was 18th at kansas 36th Bristol, 19th, Texas, 17th, Dega, 18th, and at the Roval today, he came home 20th. No top 15s. Zero. None. He's in the round of eight. Comfortably, by the way. Comfortably in the round of eight. So what did Martin Trucks do? What did MTJ do this season? He won some races. He got some bonus points. He got a lot of stage points. You guys remember the big three season when it was Harvick, Truex, and... Uh, Man, I'm blanking on it. I think it was Hamlet. I don't I, can't. I cover so many sports and then I think back to these things that aren't necessary necessarily historic, but 
a few years ago. I was like, there's like a, a I was given, I was in college too. That should be noted. That should be duly noted. Uh, that might aid in my forgetful memory. Um, MTJ's dynamic regular season and his stage points in the playoffs. I didn't write them all down in front of me tonight. That's kind of a Noah job. I assume if I had Noah here, he would rattle off where MTJ finished in every stage of the playoffs and how his regular season stage racing was. I'm not sure what it would come out to be um, on the dot, but MTJ built himself a cushion, three terrible finishes. I mean, not terrible. You could argue, sure. You know, semantics, no top 15s. He's in the round of eight. If he can do that, if he can go to the round of eight, um, without having a top 15 at all in the playoffs. I mean, I've seen enough of people saying this system's not fair. There's opportunity there for people to strike. You just got to be one of the people that do. Okay, let me take one more drink before we get into this uh, Formula One race. I'm not going to talk too much about this. We'll get to dirt really quick, so hang with me here. Ah, but yeah... So Max Verstappen, um, I should start this with uh, Formula One. Uh, we've talked about it a little on here. They've implemented these, like they call it a sprint race. Um, and really they, they run a heat race on Saturday and they get, they get like a fraction of uh, regular races points um, at the end of it. Uh, and it sets them up for qualifies. They're essentially running a heat race or a dash uh, with all the cars racing in the amen uh the day before the races uh, just because um yeah weird right i don't know um i'm sorry i'm trying to think of the direction i want to lead into this for and this is bad show i'm still learning the solo stuff i need to get more comfortable with my craft uh a little bit as well your comments help me out there give me as much feedback as you'd like uh we do duly appreciate it uh, I don't even know if I'm using that right. I'm sure I'll get a text from Rob, uh, Rob Gray from Cyclone Fanatic in a couple days once he listens to this, right? Um, no, but so F1 championship gets crowned on Saturday in a meaningless uh, heat race trophy dash uh, that was supposed to just set a lineup. Uh, that's where Max Verstappen clinched the championship. So middle of college football Saturday. Uh, no one watching TVs whatsoever, and Max Verstappen comes home with the title. So congrats uh, to him. I don't think anybody saw this coming. It is one of the greatest upsets in sports of all time. Um, and yeah, now we fast forward to Sunday, uh, where Formula One insists, insists on racing in Qatar. I, I think we all saw the... One, it's just hot as balls there. Like, it's just not, it's not a great place, especially when it's hot. It's just hot as hell, okay? I'm pretty sure it's illegal to kiss another dude on the lips there. Talladega Nights does not air in Qatar, okay? You remember John Gerard's and Ricky Bobby's kiss at the, yeah, outlawed in Qatar. Weird-ass country, weird-ass rules, no one likes them. That's not a group thing aimed at. Uh, I don't even know what. Would it be Qatarians? 
I don't know the whole semantics of the people in that country. I know it's not a great place. Uh, nobody wanted the race there. No one likes racing there. I think uh, a lot of these quotes speak for themselves when they talk about um, what happened at the race today and in Formula One insisting on racing in this country again, uh, which if this was NASCAR's international race, the only spot they chose to go was Qatar, they would be hammered by the national media. They would absolutely get their back broken on their decision to go to Qatar of all places. F1 does it, we don't pay attention, we pretend it didn't happen. I don't get it, I don't. There is, Formula One could hit you in the face 17 times and ask you the 18th, now I got this baseball bat in my hand, I'm gonna swing it in your direction. I'm hoping it won't hit you. Do you trust me to swing it? And you're like, yeah, do it, do it again. It's just like the airline industry, folks. It's the most screwed over consumer-based, consumer base uh, in motorsports by far. I, it's, they've ran away. It is this, this whole ranting thing I do almost every week on this show about them, it has become too easy for me, okay? Now, I said last week uh, when George Russell had his comments on that Formula One is the, the top echelon, I said it all fancy-like, like he was in that commercial. I like George. I think he's a good driver, fine, average. He, he would be running, you know, around 27th every week in IndyCar. Um, that's, sorry, I should specify 2023 field. So... 27 cars total, we're looking, you know, 25th to 27th or so, somewhere around there, uh, if he was running an IndyCar. Um, and yeah, that depends on the car. Eh. Romain Grosjean's in a big legal battle right now. That one didn't go so well, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. I'd be a hypocrite if I came on here and referenced one of George Russell's quotes after hearing what he said about keeping the quality over the quantity and forming the one as in we're too good to let andretti field the team and we need quality even though the andretti name is the name that when it comes up in f1 record books it basically says come ass kicker at least it should Andretti kicked the crap out of Formula One. The people that don't want him there are scared of the competition. That is what's going on here. There is still very much political talks trying to keep them out of the sport because they don't want to split up their piece of the pie. It's kind of like this conference realignment deal in college football, right? So, I, you know, after I saw that quote, I said, we got to stop giving dumb kids the, uh, giving, <laughs> giving the dumb kids at the source. Um, I've got to get some speaking lessons uh, in me, maybe better warm-ups next time, right? Uh, but I, I said that, so I won't, I won't cite George Russell's quote from today. Instead, I will just say Esteban Ocon said this about the race. He said, I was feel, feeling ill. Uh, this is quotes from uh, Racer.com article, so shout out to them. Uh, quote, lap 15, lap 16, I was throwing up for two laps inside the cockpit. And then I was like, that's going to be a long race. I don't know. I tried to calm down. I tried to remember that the mental side in sport is the strongest part of your body. And I managed to get that under control and finish the race. 
literally a, a number of drivers were checked out by paramedics after the race a number of drivers per lando norris uh to i believe sky sports or somebody else uh wasn't sky sports it was definitely somebody else i will cite the tweet if anyone needs me to tweet it to me and i i guess i'll just send it to you i don't take my word for it here uh lando norris um said there was drivers passed out in the infield care center or whatever the formula one anized name was uh, i don't know the health paddock who knows what they call it over there so you insist in racing here and all your guys are you know in danger and like health danger the entire night day slash night i it's just how many how many times do these guys gotta put negatives out there for people to stop watching formula one go watch indycar the other reason I'm so aggressive about it and so adamant about it, it's a better product. You're not watching racing right now. You're watching a political war every week. One that the same driver wins every week. Please, if you're going to watch motorsports, watch good ones. And that's all the other ones. I shit you not. All of them. Any other league. F2, F3, I'm taking those out too. Anything that isn't yeah just take the fia out of it their whole ladder system whatever the hell that is uh go watch motorsports if you're listening to this you already do that so good thing is i'm preaching the choir all right we have got some dirt racing to talk about folks team knoxville brian brown chase randall both on the podium at the tuscarora 50 at port royal speedway in pennsylvania you're probably wondering it's a crown jewel race in pennsylvania all my friends all my posse people have been telling me all week about how great their guys are going to be up there i've already told you two of the three drivers on the podium you would think a posse member would be the third one right no it was kyle larson so posse's uh kept away uh, from the top three spots, the Tuscarora 50. I won't look further down in the results. I don't want to bore people. I apologize. Uh, but that was very cool. I believe from um, people I've talked, I haven't talked to Brian personally about it, uh, but I believe that's one of the, has to be one of, if not the biggest win of his uh, entire sprint car career. Very cool. I did not watch it live, hand up, full disclosure. Uh, so I, I have not seen his post-race interview, anything like that. Um, it's on my list of things to catch up uh, and watch in, you know, in depth where at a time where I can like take the whole thing in. It's what, just what works for me. Um, no, so that was, uh... oh shoot, we might have some more questions. Uh, I gotta keep track of these. Um, no, but that, that was really, uh, really cool to see um especially with both uh how those guys the seasons have gone they've, they've been on it all all year they've been both chase randall and brian brown uh have been really hammering um the results uh and it's it's very cool uh to see them be able to uh clench that out so i had a big team knoxville rant i wanted to go on i think i i trimmed it down a little bit just for your guys' sake so uh that's yeah that's all me let me get these questions ready 
and we'll come back. This isn't a break. It's actually going to pause. You guys won't even notice it. Okay, so thankfully, and I don't know if you heard Alexa's voice there, but um, probably should clear my throat before I got back on here, right? Ah, excuse me. Um, thankfully, this is not the end of the dirt segment. There is plenty more to talk about. High Limit, season finale Tuesday. I would be there. I cannot get down there. Uh, Iowa State is hosting basketball media days this week for the men's and women's team. Uh, and we got football interviews uh, on Tuesday as well. And that's all like three days in a row. I didn't want to try to, Lincoln Park's just too far, honestly. I think if I left the second I was done with football interviews, I'd get there at like 10 o'clock. So even even if I was hustling and everything went perfect, I wouldn't get there until the race ended. So um, can't get down there to uh, cover that tonight, which is sad. You know, I wanted to be at that race. Um, just wasn't in the cards uh, for us. So all, no big deal. I love that we have streaming and we can still take in the sport in the exact same way. Not exact same, obviously. Um, but we can we can still live through these moments together and everything. So I'm excited for them. Kyle Larson, I think, has to finish sixth. It might be fifth. I believe it's sixth, though. Um, and as long as he finishes in the top six, no matter where Rico finishes, the championship is Larson's. Now, Rico wins and Larson gets seventh. Goes back to... Uh, goes back to Rico. So lots of stuff to look for, um, especially qualifying is going to be huge. You know, you got to have, you got to start off with a good run there. Don't want to get yourself a hole. Kyle knows that better than anybody. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, I would never think Kyle would have a bad qualifying run this Tuesday. We'll see though. It happens when people least expect it. So um, that's all I was trying to say on that, but uh, we'll talk and I'll find out. Um, I will be at 81 in Lakeside this weekend. So uh, I will be, uh, and I'll get to it in questions here too, but talking a little more about uh, the high limit um, situation uh, with the uh, national sprint car industry. How's that? How's that for a phrase, right? Um, and, and where they are going to shake out uh, for next season. Um, there is some stuff brewing. Um, I don't know how much of that I can say right now, though. So I'm uh, still working on that. Uh, Bobby Pierce is going to absolutely obliterate my liver. Uh, it's getting quite annoying at this point. It's every weekend I wake up thinking it, it's going to be a good day. And, you know, then you go watch some races. All of a sudden, he did it again. And I'm not a Bobby Pierce fan until I'm absolutely plastered so uh drink till you're a bobby pierce fan it's rule number one um no but congrats to bobby pierce he uh he's running away with that world of outlaws title he is contending three different national uh tour championships this year obviously two of those are kind of mini tours um maybe you put that in a different category but i think the level of racing and the level of fields they've that both tours have seen this year um I, I think they resemble a a national tour level i guess um level of perception maybe i don't know i maybe i need a thesaurus but nothing could happen if we give dumb kids thesauruses i example a right here right okay um yeah we'll see if he if Bobby Pierce can uh, come away with those, kind of triple crowning it, um, 
And we have a lot of stuff to talk about there in the off season too, with uh, XR event schedule being only six races. Does that, are you categorizing, categorizing that as a national tour for the future in case someone else contends and wins three late model titles? I, I don't see a lot of these late model series going away yet. So a lot of stuff to talk about this off season that I cannot wait to get into. Uh, big shout out also to Justin Grant picking up uh, 20,000 at Lawrenceburg uh, for their fall nationals uh over there yesterday so uh with USAC so very uh very fun weekend of dirt racing and now thank you guys to those of you that left questions it is hard enough doing this by myself and at the very least I would like to hear what you guys think or react to what you guys ask me um and it does help me a ton, especially on this show, uh, with not having co-hosts to talk their racing and talk about what we saw through the weekend. And, oh, yeah, did you see this clip? What happened with this, right? Um, so first one from my, my guy, Dawson Elliott. He runs uh, Open Wheel Updates uh, on Twitter. It's at OW Updates underscore, underscore at the end. So great guy big cheese fan not a fan of them today but <laughs> dawson says uh do you think we race too much in dirt racing feels like we're really close uh to maxing out the product to the point it's super diluted now our, our website's called always race day i'm not blind to that fact we cover we try to cover races every day of the year all 365 right that is uh the essence of picking that name and making sure we're there to cover all of them right uh so it'd be weird for me to say no or yes right it'd be weird for me to say less races for sure now um to just go into this like honestly yeah there there's far too many um in some aspects right uh now guys will still go out and race the, this much because they're trying to make money and that's how everything is set up the business model is set up like that um and are there you know things you can do to help that yeah but to cut a, a night from a three-night event well the money from the crowd and the grandstands and the streaming from the first night or whenever night you decide to cut completely goes away so you have to find ways to put that money back in somewhere else and it gets really difficult and that's kind of why we don't see it a ton now do i think we need a the top national sprint car series in the country to run every single weekend of the year absolutely not no late models same difference i think I think it gets more diluted in late model racing because and Justin Fiedler, I hear you dirt dirt late model championships matter. I love it. I love the campaign um, that I, I have never said that on here. I hope you guys have gotten that have figured that out about me um, that that is a huge thing like these, you know, why, why are we watching these guys race against each other for 50, 60 times a year if there's no one crown champion at the end. Dirt late model fans are completely content watching 2,000 races a year, not knowing who's going to be in any of them, not being pissed off because of who is in them, and just 
taking it race by race and going, ah, that, that was a good race. Guess we'll do it again tomorrow. There's, I, that's a turnoff to me, I think. I think the best thing about sports is like, okay, well, this happened last week. So now this has to happen. This is where you have to go. You either went up or down last week. Now you have to figure out how to bounce back or keep the momentum going forward, right? That's at least, you know, kind of what got me into racing and made stuff easier for me to follow as a kid is I, I was point heathen. That's what I would call it. I was looking at the IndyCar points every day thinking, oh, they might give them some bonus points if Dan Weldon does something really cool for charity. I was very wrong, by the way. They did not give him any bonus points. <laughs> but it's, yeah, there needs to be a little less. I, you know, I don't want to see a big late model race during the Knoxville Nationals. And vice versa, I would say, hey, take all the sprint car races, no sprint car races on the day of the World 100. That's a great, you know, that's a great compromise, right? I think that would help the sport. That would only put more eyes on it. The problem is you have too many people, too many egos, and too many pockets that money is going into in different directions for that to ever happen. So do I think they raise too much? Kind of, in some ways, yes. Do I think that's gonna really change? in the coming years probably not probably not at all right um we'll see though i you know anything's possible we've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen already so um we'll end on the high limit i got two here from crying cyclone love this dude he, he uh i never looked at his profile picture his the iowa state the old iowa state logo the mccarney area era uh logo and Oh, I'm going to get roasted for not is I think it's crying Jordan merged into the Iowa State logo. I believe it's crying Jordan. I could be completely dead off, but I believe it's Michael Jordan supposed to be in there. <clears throat> but he uh, avid reader of the site. Very, very nice guy. I don't know his uh, name personally, but love the dude. Um, so he has two. He says, what's a car you'd like to see race at a track it's never raced at before cup car at iowa doesn't count which he did this in the other question too it's the my first absolutely that's the exact one so i can't can't pick cup car at iowa so that sucks um this is tough i think i thought about this a little bit earlier and then when i was prepping for the show i kind of completely threw it out of my head so bad preparation job on my part i think where i would start to go is IndyCar at some track that NASCAR races at that they haven't raced at. The Roval would be cool. Now, I can't take credit for that one, though. Someone tweeted that today. Uh, Matt Burroughs, I believe his name is Matt. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I think his name is Matthew Burroughs. Uh, I believe it was in his reply section. Um, yeah, I think IndyCar at the Roval would be really cool. Just to spite Caleb, I'd say IndyCar at uh, Dover. I don't think they've raced there. I forgot to look that up after the last episode when we got into that fight about that. But uh, I think the cup car at uh, Knoxville, the current, ho hopefully the much improved uh, fire resistant, uh, short track fixed next gen cup car at Knoxville or at Eldora uh, would be pretty fun. Um, I'm trying to think of a unique one that isn't necessarily uh, too much of a crossover, if that makes sense to you guys. I, I, 
someone please uh, expand on the dangers of this if it would be dangerous or not too high speeds of a track but midgets would be cool in Knoxville to see that I've played a couple of uh, races on the outlaws video game with those it's a fun time and Knoxville is Knoxville is a little shorter on that video game than it is in real life I don't know why the straightaways feel I don't know if they're they're not necessarily skinnier they're skinnier at Port Royal I've I've never been to Port Royal. I don't know how skinny the front stretch is, but the the front stretch and back stretch are too short, and I think the turns are too skinny. I think they missed missed on it a little bit because I mean you're setting track record times. Anyway, none of your guys' concerns with that. So I think I've covered and like yeah, that's about I, I want to see Monster Jam at Knoxville and at Iowa Speedway. Either either or that'd be cool too. Uh but I want like a, a real monster jam show. The uh the independent one at Knoxville last this year was not the best. I took that was my the first race I took my uh current boyfriend to. I don't don't ask me why that current came out of my mouth. So I'm just bringing him up. But, uh yeah, I took him to the independent monster truck show and it was uh it's a shit show with two capital S's, uh, to put it lightly. It's not to anyone's fault. It's just four trucks there. One of them broke. They're not the highest horsepower monster trucks in the world. Uh, independent style thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's, I'm sure I'll come up with more. If I do, I'll say them on the next show. Uh, and a similar one is a driver in a car they've never raced in before. You cannot say Larson in an IndyCar. And I love this question because I think the possibilities of this one are much broader and much cooler. I'd love to see this one. And this won't happen. I've, I've asked. I'd love to see Bobby Pierce in a sprint car. <laughs> I think seeing that guy wheel the, uh, the cushion um, in a lay model, I want to see him in a sprint car. He has that uh, attention to detail in that uh, car placement and in, in being able to place the car in a spot that is, you know, inches, tenth, tenths of inches off of where it needs to be. Um, I'd love to see Bobby Pierce in a sprint car. There's a few, I mean, Ricky Thornton Jr. I think a lot of people would love to see him in a sprint car. That's kind of the joke he keeps pointing out on Twitter and uh, playing with a little bit. So obviously that's another one. Um, I'd love to see Max Verstappen or any Formula One driver outside of F1, but I don't want to give them any more shine on the show. They've already gotten too much exposure from me. So, yeah, I think I think my top one would probably go uh, to Bobby Pierce uh, racing in a sprint car or, uh, I mean, you know, take your pick of the cup racers, uh, any of the guys that, I, you know, put Ryan Blaney in a late model, put uh chase elliott's been a one i'm stuttering because i'm like coming across guys i'm like he's raised one he's raised one uh i want to see another whole prelude to the dream hopefully kyle larson's lay model challenge has some more uh takers on that next year um but yeah any any of the nascar or indycar guys in a late model in an exhibition race at the same time maybe they have teams that'd be cool uh so yeah there's millions of ideas there um this last one here from uh brian brian warner uh, and it is just follow him back. Yeah, appreciate. Yeah, if you guys tweet at us a question, we will follow you back. We we do actually appreciate that. We want to show that at least a little bit as much as we can. Um, 
Brian, with the last question asks, uh, where does high limit fit in the grand scheme of sprint car racing over the next five plus years? Is the format, including payout and weeknight racing, sustainable? Now, I think you got to slow your roll on what high limit could be. Um, not slow it, but you got to understand that it's high limit is not restricted to just running midweek shows like you know if things bounce one way or the other um you know they're allowed to race on saturdays they are (laughs) it's just they can if they want you know whoever wants to show up can show up they can race high limit they can race a different series um so yeah they it's i don't i don't believe high limit will stay a midweek series um I don't think a high limit will be a midweek series in two years. If if I had to, you know, forecast a lock and say, yeah, by 2025, uh, they will at least race one time on the weekend. Yeah, I, I probably would say that comfortably. Um, yeah, it's just that's what it is right now. That's what it was for this season. Um, things change. I think uh, Mike Hess, uh, and obviously this was also reported on by dirt tracker uh my guess was the world of outlaws race director one of their uh one of the guys they have um for that job uh for a number of seasons multiple decades uh high limit this is not official but mike has has called the last two high limit races as their race director so whether he is going to be the race director in 2024, I, I don't envision him going back to the world of Outlaws in 2024. So I, I would assume almost that he's going to end up in that spot with High Limit next year. Um, that's a big guy to go get. That's that's a move that indicates we want some, we want to prove who we are. Uh, Carson Macedo told me at Eldora, and it wouldn't be a, a big event for me if I didn't have audio issues. And Mike screwed up, didn't get any audio from the interview posted, so you can't go search it up on YouTube. I apologize. Um, Carson can vouch for this and what he said, though. He said he doesn't feel safer um, racing under a race called by anybody but Mike Hess. Basically saying that he... Mike Hess is the best out there, and it's not even close, is what he told me. Um, he says it makes him more comfortable, makes him feel safer. Um, and that's that's just what he had to say uh, about um, the great Mr. Hess. So I, I think High Limit going out and getting him was kind of, uh, should be considered a power move um, in the grand scheme of this big battle uh, that I feel like is at least brewing at the current moment. Um, between uh, High Limit and uh, the World of Outlaws and the rest of the sprint car industry. Now, we do have the uh, the Maverick Series started this weekend. There's some other regional tours that have been going on for a while. Obviously, California has theirs. Pennsylvania has their weekly stuff. Knoxville has theirs. And Houston has theirs, right? So, and I, I did not purposely mean to leave out just Ohio. That was the first reference. And now you have Indiana with Maverick, right? So we had Ayrton Jenneton on. He said, you know, that's he, 
that's where he wants to see the sport grow with more regional series and, and heavier payouts and regional tours. Um, and he, he is right to a point, but at, at the top of it, where, where the headlights are at and the spotlights are on, we're going to have uh, what could be something pretty massive for the sport uh, when it's all said and done. So where that goes from now, I don't know. Um, but I, I think I've said what I am allowed to say um, based on what I know right now. It, it, everything that I'm not allowed to say has not been made official or I haven't heard an update on it enough to let you guys know and report it out there. So I'd rather not guess. I'd rather not assume. Now, you might be saying, well, you're guessing about my guess. I'm making an inferred judgment uh, based answer to a question. So that was just my observation from uh, that move and all that. And, you know, we'll see how this offseason goes. Um, I'll see what uh, what the guys say uh, this weekend uh, over in Kansas. And um, it should be fun. Uh, and then I, I know Brian asked about the purse too. I, I would assume if it was, I was, if it wasn't sustainable, the purse that they're throwing out there right now, then they wouldn't have done it. If they lose money on it, you'll see them probably dial it down next year. Um, now to add more than 12 races, you need more money to do so. So where does that money come from? How does it line up? Can you line it up logistically? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I would look for that. And, you know, if you expand from 12 to 60 races, this is a hypothetical number, strictly hypothetical. I've not heard anything on estimation number of races for their schedule for next year. Um, but if you times five your races, I don't think anyone's going to expect you to go from 12 to 60 and keep the same payout structure. I don't think. Could they? If that's, you know, if that's working for them, they might. It, 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 all things considered, Brad and Kyle have been very, very driver friendly with the purse money and, and what they're trying to do with this tour. So, um, yeah, I think I've said as, as much as I could possibly say uh, on here tonight. I appreciate all you guys uh, being troopers and sticking through to the end if you did uh, make it this far. Uh, we'll be back midweek show, probably Wednesday night, preferably. Hopefully Wednesday night, honestly, I'm swamped this week with stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's best time of year. Stuff's getting lined up and uh, I shouldn't say best time of year. Everyone knows it's 10 days in August, everybody. Uh, fun time of year though, busy time. So thank you guys uh, for tuning in uh, to this episode. Let me know what you thought of it. Leave a message in the comments. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, uh, download, subscribe. I don't think you can like on there. Leave a review if you want. I'll read the review on the show. Uh, if it's funny enough, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to take, uh, that's our guys at Loose's Fast Podcast. We need to get with them. And we're going to get with them in the off season and do a little reunion show. Um, go back and listen to that one. We, we all just had some beers and, and had a good time. So appreciate y'all tuning in uh, to this one and see you later this week. We will preview the NASCAR playoffs. We will talk about who won the high limit title. Um, we'll probably make those two shows and uh, this, this one's still just one. So thanks again to everybody. And thanks again to the Carlotta group. Appreciate y'all.